Hello, welcome to episode four of the Valley View podcast. I'm Tyler, and uh, with me is Pastor Matthew Brandt. Tyler, good to be with you. Um, how was your Fourth of July holiday? Um, it was pretty good. I was in Michigan. Um, I am staring at my hands because I got pretty massive rope burn all over them. I see that. They're kind of disgusting, actually. Yeah. Uh, for those uh, for those of you wondering, I'm looking at uh, probably what looks like something like about eight minor uh, injuries to Tyler's hands. <laughs> and uh, how uh, has that affected your typing at all, Tyler, or your ability to eat with regular eating utensils? Um, not really, except for the first day. The first day they stung really, really bad. I mean, I guess for the listeners, I don't know how much you want to visualize it, but like I, it was rope burn. So if you ever had a blister, it's like you get the blister and then it pops, but all within like three seconds. Ooh. So it just, it's not great. Um, but luckily none of them are on like the tips of my fingers. So I'm, I've been able to type just fine. Um, and yeah, today I'm not even wearing band-aids because they apparently heal faster when they expose to open air. Hey, and for those of you really hoping we change the subject uh, quickly. I'm gonna, It'll be 30 I'll, minutes I'll, of this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw you that bone now. Uh, where would you rank Independence Day on your list of favorite holidays, Tyler? Oh, it actually might be second. I mean, I, I mean, Christmas is first. I mean, does your birthday count as a holiday? No. Okay. Then, yeah, I think it would be second because ah, it's second or third. Um, because I think Christmas is first. It's just, well, honestly, it might be first. I don't know. So I'm, I think of things usually in tiers. It's harder for me to rank things like one, two, three. Mm-hmm. But Christmas and the fourth are definitely the highest tier for me. Um, Christmas because of Jesus' birthday and all the presents. Um, I would like to say that it's always in that order in my brain, but sometimes the presents are first. Um, and the fourth, and I love the fourth because um, it's in the summer. Like you, there's just so much in Minnesota, there's most holidays you can't really go out and do that much because most of our holidays are when it's cold, it feels like. Yeah. Like Halloween, yeah. Thanksgiving, Christmas, actually my birthday, even though you said that doesn't count. New Year's, like it's just cold for all of them, but the fourth you can go out and do stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it's either, it's either first or second. The other one that sometimes creeps up in there is Thanksgiving. Cause I just, I have really good like family stuff on Thanksgiving normally. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it honestly might be first cause the weather is so good. <laughs> what about you? Uh, you know, I, this is going to sound very strange and, uh, some people won't be able to understand this. I just don't like holidays that much why not i think it's because they disrupt the regular rhythm of life and i love uh, that that's my favorite part so you like the disruption okay i i go crazy if i have the same schedule for too long that's why well i also go crazy if i don't have any schedule i i need to like float in the middle which is why being a youth pastor is so great because if i want to just have like a monday to friday week where i'm in the office from nine to five every day and i just sit here and work i can do that if i want to have a week where like I'm going to go insane sitting in the office for 40 hours. I can meet up with some students. I can, you know, take a day off and work a little bit more on Sunday or Saturday or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I, I go crazy if I have to do too many weeks in a row, in a row of the same thing. Yeah, that, that sounds good. That's understandable. I think for me, part of it is that uh, it feels like a lot of our holidays have just been reduced to um, gatherings to do a lot of eating. 
um, and we don't give much thought to the holiday anymore. And maybe that's just me and my own deficiency, but I feel like uh, everything has kind of become a barbecue or a feast. And I'm, I'm all, uh, all I, about barbecues and feasts. Let's also, just have regular mail delivered as long as we're doing that. I also like eating more than you. So maybe that's why I like holidays <laughs> yeah. more. Okay. Now, speaking of eating, uh, there's a topic we have to get to today before we get into um, the topic from the scriptures. We're going to talk about the idea of calling Oh yeah. Um, today, um, from the Bible, min- in terms of ministry calling. But first, we got to hit the topic of candy. Um, I was having a conversation with some people recently where we were sharing our candy pet peeves. So I got a couple of candy pet peeves that I want to share with you and the audience. For, and I'll just start with you. Do you have anything? Uh, well, first, just hit us up with a couple of your favorite candies. Uh, uh, my favorite. What does Tyler like to eat? My favorite is Reese's peanut butter cups just the classic Reese's. All right. Um, I hate Reese's pieces, um, but my favorite is Reese's, like peanut butter cup. And then after that, might be Twix. I really like Twix. So I like chocolate. All right, got, I've got one follow-up for you okay. uh, regarding Reese's. Um, I know if, if my wife were here right now, she would want me to ask this question. Um, hey, Molly, hope you're listening. <laughs> so tell us how you feel about like things like the Reese's egg it comes out around Easter compared to just the regular Reese's cups that you can buy in the regular package with the ridges and, and all that. If the Reese's egg was the normal Reese's, I probably wouldn't like Reese's quite as much. Um, but because the Reese's egg is only there around Easter, I think I like the egg better than normal Reese's because it's just a really nice, like, it's really good and it's a nice mix up. Yeah. Okay. So well, that's good. Now, do you have any, uh, any candy pet peeves, Tyler? that we should know about um i hate the candy that gets stuck in your teeth Ooh. like All right, let's talk about that and that's why twix can never be my number one because there's caramel in it uh-huh. and if a twix isn't fresh it can get stuck in your teeth Ooh. so let's talk about worst candies to get stuck in your teeth and so the one i think about right away is jolly ranchers just that's funny i like, like i like jolly ranchers <laughs> <laughs> being like cemented to your teeth if you like bite down on it for too long and Maybe that's the key. Don't bite down. Yeah, I never chew on them. Um, dots. I don't like dots very much. Uh, the the one that I think of is Snickers. Uh, like a, a a non a not super fresh Snickers will just like like root, like you, your jaw is just clenched together involuntarily. <laughs> Any other candy pet peeves? Um. Uh. Well, you say yours. We'll see if I can think of one. Okay. So I have two. I have two big ones. Uh, one is I really like the pixie stick, but you know how when you tear the top off of a pixie stick and you start dumping it into your mouth? Yeah. Sometimes you stick it, the stick, a little too far into your mouth and the top gets wet. Yeah. And then that kind of closes off the stick, and now none of the powder is flowing out anymore. Mm-hmm. That's my pet peeve. I believe it. Yeah. And then you got it. You've got to rip the wrapper off a little bit lower. I thought of one. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I hate when chocolate gets warm, and then mm. it melts, and then you try to open it, and your hands are <laughs> gross and chocolatey. What was your second somebody, one? Somebody, somebody handed me a Snickers bar the other day that had been in the golf cart with them for about three hours uh, in about eighty-eight degree heat, and it, um, it felt like a balloon that was filled with 
uh, jelly. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, my other one is when, uh, you know, Halloween rolls around and you've got all this chocolate candy and then all this fruity candy and they all get thrown into the same bowl. And then about a week later, you eat something chocolate and it's taken on the flavor of the fruity stuff. Who does that? I, well, it, it's, happened in, it's happened in my house a few times. Oh, I would never do that. So are you always keeping your candy separate? Are you a segregationist? Well, I don't want to be called a segregationist, but well, I'm also not really in the stage of life where I'm just buying bowls of candy and leaving them around my house. Like, I mean, I guess we do have like a, what's it called? Like a container full of candy, mm -hmm. but no, I mean, I don't entertain people enough and I don't have like a big enough family that yeah. it makes sense for us to just buy a bunch of, you know, bite-sized candy all the time. <laughs> Okay, good point. I hadn't taken that into account. Let's do a couple of quick quick hitter candy questions for Tyler okay. here. Um, okay, there's a bag of Starburst at your house, and you've been eating it for a week. Which flavors are the last ones to be eaten at the bottom of the bag? I don't eat the yellows. Yellow? I don't. Yeah, I don't like yellow. Okay, all right. Everything else you're good with? Yeah. Right. I, think, I think if you want me to rank it, I think it goes pink is my favorite, and then orange, and then red, and then yellow. But there's a pretty okay. big gap between pink and orange and a pretty big gap between red and yellow. And orange and red are pretty like close to each other. All right. Fair enough. Um, what is your favorite runt to consume? I haven't had runts in like 10 years. All right. <laughs> Probably lime. The lime. I remember liking good. the lime one. Yeah, the lime is good. I just I remember banana and lime and I remember liking lime a lot more. Yeah. So I was talking about this conversation with someone the other day, too. Do you remember eating the banana and how it's so much bigger than the others? Yes, that's okay. why I remember it. Yeah. So do you break the banana in your mouth right away or do you just no. kind of keep consuming the whole banana at once? I just eat. Okay. See, I'm, I'm the other way. I break the banana. Right <laughs> I would away. have guessed. I'm not surprised at all that you do that. <laughs> Matt was telling me last week that when he eats his food, he wants to finish every type of food at the same time. So if he's got mashed potatoes, chicken, and like peas on his plate, he'll like take a bite of each one so that he takes the last bite of them at the same time. So I'm not at all surprised that if you're finicky like that, you definitely would bite your banana in half. <laughs> so what is the word for that? If if Tyler is a candy segregationist because he- Stop calling me that. Separates the chocolate from the fruity. What do you call a person who wants all their food to come out even? Corky. <sighs> I'll, I'll on that label. I'll, I'll but also that. everyone's a little bit quirky. So that it's yes. saying something, but also saying nothing at the same time. I, I know that it's true. I know that it's true. Hey, let's get into this. Uh, let's get into this subject of what it means to be called into ministry. Um, kind of a, a tough subject, I think, to get, you know, to get your head around. It, it can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And we're talking about questions like, um, how do I know if I'm called to Christian ministry? Um, what does that look like? Who's involved in that process? Um, it's just a lot of, and then where do you go in the scriptures to have a, a paradigm to sort that out and figure that out? Um, and I'll tell you why this conversation was on the front of my mind uh, this week. Uh, last uh, last week, I was having a conversation with another pastor who serves as an executive pastor at his church. It's a larger church, and he's in charge of 
uh, internships. So he'll have interns working under him uh, during the year. <clears throat> Usually it's going to be seminary students who are finishing up seminary and they're starting to get some practical experience. And so it's his job to supervise them, do evaluations with them. And he was, uh, so this, this pastor was sharing with, uh, with me and with another person that uh, recently he's had to tell a couple of his interns at the end of their internship that um, they should not go into full-time ministry. And that's after they have like their ministry degree, like their master's degree. Yeah, or very close to that. Wow. So they're finishing, you know, they're finishing up their coursework. Typically internship is towards the back half of your experience or towards the end. And um, that was a, a, made a big impact on me for, I think the same reason it made a big impact on you, Tyler. It's kind of like, wow. You, but like six years into it at that point. Yeah, you've got a huge investment in yourself, all this education, um, probably big dreams and hopes and an idea of what your future will look like. And then you actually get out there and start doing some ministry and you have a someone in authority who's actually had a real church job. Who would be one of your references. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're hoping this person will vouch for you, be a reference, probably been a mentor, uh, pull you aside, sit you down and say, look, um, this is not the right career path for you. And what do you do with that? Especially in light of this issue of calling, you know, at, at some point, if you if you've gotten down that far down the road, you've probably had an experience that you would say was a calling, where you felt like God had called you into the ministry, and now someone else is telling you, "No, I don't think you're called into right. the ministry." <laughs> so, how do you how do you handle that? And so, we'll just examine. We'll kind of walk around this uh, diamond for a few minutes and just see what we can uh, discover and maybe unearth from the scriptures about this topic. But I'll just start with a personal question for you, Tyler. What what would you say? You know, you've started down the road of youth ministry. Um, I'm kind of in it at this point, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're in it. You're, you're full-time. How would you describe your own calling to the ministry? Yeah, when you told me that we were going to talk about this, I was like, oh, cool. I have something to talk about this week. I don't know. Um, so I did not enter college as a ministry major. I was going to be a teacher. Like I started in, um, I don't know if you knew this or not. I started as an elementary education major. That's what my dad's been doing for like 35 years. Um, and I was going into college and I was like, well, I like kids. I bet I could be a teacher. <laughs> so I went in and the nice thing about the college, I went to Northwestern in St. Paul. Um, the nice thing about Northwestern is that uh, in their education program, they get you in, a, in the classroom, like, right away. Like, I thought I wouldn't be in a class till I was, like, student teaching. But, like, the very first class, they have you, like, in a class with students. Um, and I realized, so this is story time with Tyler that we've embarked down. Um, Beautiful. <clears throat> and I realized in that very first class that I really loved working with kids. Like, I love being around them. I think I connect pretty decently with them. Um, but I just did not care at all about teaching science and reading and math, like at all. Um, I was like, I thought about the prospect of teaching these topics for like 30, 40 years. And I was like, I would lose, I would lose my mind. Like, I just, I, I didn't care about it. Like it was nothing against the kids. I felt super sad when I had to leave the class because then I didn't get to hang out with the kids anymore. But like, I just couldn't teach. Like I, I didn't have the passion for it. Um, and I kind of had like a little bit of a crisis at that point because 
I was sure. like, well, what do I want to do then? Right, like, right. I like I have two. I did um, two years of college and high school, so I was like, I kind of need to like pick my major. But the thing that I thought I was gonna do, like the thing that I thought was interesting, wasn't actually interesting, and I don't know what else would interest me. Mm. Um, and I knew that I liked the the thing about it too is that I knew that I liked teaching the Bible. Like I'd worked at a camp for four years by that point, uh. but. Yeah, but but in the way that I understood calling, calling, I thought it had to be like a lightning bolt, like a flash in the sky, like mm-hmm. you get picked up and thrown down and God speaks to you and says you're going to be in ministry. And I was like, well, I haven't had that. So what am I supposed to do? <laughs> um, so I what I did was I ended up meeting with um, a professor in the ministry department who ended up being my advisor. Um, and she told me about how, uh, yeah, calling doesn't always work like that. Um, like if you ask me now, I still... And maybe this, I don't know, maybe this will reveal something. I don't know. I, I still have not had like a, a moment where I was like, I, I heard the Lord say like, oh, you're going into ministry. Like mm-hmm. you're called into ministry. Mm-hmm. This is your career. Like I've never had that. Yeah. Um, right. but, but what I can say is that I started to think that going into ministry was a good idea and talking to that professor encouraged me to at least try it out. Mm-hmm. And I haven't looked back. I mean, I enrolled in the ministry program in November of 2016 graduated in 2018 and have been working in ministry since then. Yeah. So I don't know, yeah. maybe, maybe the call, maybe my call was more associated with when I started working at that camp. Cause that was definitely ministry like summer ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean the, the way that I understand call, I don't know. It, it's not, I don't, I don't think it, you, you can say that it's the same across the board. Like I think so, like my grandpa from what my dad has told me, he was a pastor and he had that like lightning bolt, like he, he very clearly heard. And my father-in-law as well, Emily's dad also said that like, basically the Lord told him like, no, you're going to go into ministry. Um, it's not what it was for me. So I, I don't, I don't think it's wise to portray calling as exactly the same for every person across the board. Cause in my experience, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and I, I kind of feel like there's a segment of the church or, um, just say some Christians who it it probably makes them nervous to hear someone in pastoral ministry say I'm not a lightning bolt yeah I'm not sure about you know this moment or the call for me is a little bit ambiguous because I I think we've gotten used to people sharing stories about a a specific calling and we have this idea that we want our ministers to have that moment and that definite calling so that when we ask them to come, we know right. that they've been called right. by God and there's yep. no, <laughs> there's no ambiguity, you know, about whether they've been called or not, but, but you're right. It's just not the same for everybody. Yeah. And I mean, I can only speak to my experience in saying that, like, I think I am called, I mean, based yeah. on, yeah, b- based on the fact that doing, doing ministry, like when I do it, if, feels like what I'm supposed to be doing. Like it, yeah. I, when I'm, when I'm teaching or when I'm like, I'm going to speak at that camp that I worked at next week, like preparing for these lessons, like it takes time and it, it you know, it's tough sometimes to figure out what you want to say, but like it, it feels, it feels like what I'm supposed to be doing. Like that, that's the best way that I can say it. So I, even though I don't have the lightning bolt moment when it began, when, when this mm-hmm. desire began, like, I feel like it's been confirmed by doing it. I don't know. Are you, are you familiar with the movie Chariots of Fire, Tyler? I've never seen it. Okay. So it's, it is my favorite movie. Okay. 
um, everyone probably knows the soundtrack and the song, you know, Chariots of Fire, very famous. But um, I, I think what you're describing is really the the Eric Little oh, yep. idea yeah. of uh, when I run, I feel his pleasure. Yeah. And so it's the Chariots of Fire is a movie about Eric Little and one of his teammates. Um, and Eric has that point in the movie where he's trying to explain to his sister you know what what he's all about in his life and she wants him to go to the mission field and right he just is standing there and saying look you got to understand that when i run i feel his pleasure yeah God made me fast and i, I kind of feel like i'm hearing that from you about when you are exercising your gifts and I, i'll talk about that in just a second but when you're exercising your gifts you feel like you're accomplishing what god has made you to do right I feel like that's what i'm hearing C com completely off topic yeah um but the reason i i know i don't know if i've seen chariots of fire but i'm very familiar with it the reason i said no when you asked about it is because i always confuse three movies that are not similar at all <laughs> i always confuse chariots of fire blazing saddles and there's a third one but oh blades of glory i always confuse blades of glory blazing saddles and chariots of fire and i have never seen any of those three movies but because i've never seen any of the three of them they're like the same in my brain Okay. But yes, I, I actually, I think when I was switching majors into ministry, I kind of resonated with that quote that like, mm -hmm. yes, God made me to be a pat, like a missionary or a pastor or whatever the actual quote is, mm -hmm. but he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel God's pleasure. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah I, that, that, yes, you, you're, you're hitting it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I really can't let the, the comment about the three movies go without just trying to find a common thread there. So Chariots of Fire, Blazing Saddles, and Blades of Glory. Yes. So I, I, there's a, a there's a fire, Chariots of Fire, and then there's Blazing. Yep. Right. Yep. So I get that, where that might be confusing, and then there's the idea of Chariots of Fire yep. and Blades of Glory. Right. Yep. And then uh, Blades and Blazing start similarly. Yeah. Blade. Okay. All right. I get it. Even so each the, of yeah, <laughs> the three of them don't have a bunch in common, but each of the sets of two has enough in common that they just yeah 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 i i, I think it. it also might be that i'm pretty sure all three of those movies came out before i was born <laughs> i i know at least one of them did but yeah. two yeah is blazing is blades of glory about ice skating i thought it was about hockey but i don't know okay. i've never seen it it's something on ice skates yeah you guys can uh all dm me a synopsis of each of the three of those movies and tell me what they're all about and just give me a hand <laughs> i think blazing saddles has will ferrell in it i don't know I think Blazing Saddles uh, no. is the least appropriate of the three movies. <laughs> but again, I haven't seen it for the record. I have never seen it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Blazing Saddles has Gene Wilder in it. Oh. Do you know who Gene Wilder is? I recognize the name. Okay. Was, wait, was he in Hoosiers? No, that's Gene Hackman. Oh, I, yes, I know that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Gene Wilder is Willy Wonka in the original Willy Wonka movie. Never saw Willy Wonka. Wow. I'm 23. Okay. okay. Actually, I think I saw a little bit of it when I was really young and I got scared. So I never watched it. <laughs> Yeah, that can happen. So when I think about this issue of calling, I'll, I'll just share where I, where I am at with this today. Um, the first thing that I want to do is think about where can I go in the scriptures to show me what it really looks like to be called? You know, where, where can I find it? Where can I go in the Bible to get some direction here? Instead of pulling from my experience with churches and hearing people talk, what, what, the, what does the Bible say? So I've kind of landed on these three points. So you can tell me what you think of this, Tyler, that Romans 8 tells us that 
God has called us um, as believers in Christ. That's Romans 8, 29. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be firstborn among many brothers and those whom he predestined, he also called. So if nothing else, I know that God has called me to be a believer and be conformed to the image of his son. So if I'm trying to answer the question, am I called? The first place I go is, well, I know God has called me to be a believer, mm -hmm. right? That That's happened for, for every Christian. Okay, step two, I go to Matthew 28, and I'm looking at the Great Commission, very end of the Gospel of Matthew, and I know for sure that I have been called as a disciple to go and make disciples. That's a blanket mm -hmm. um, order that Jesus has given to all his disciples. If nothing else, all of us can say, God has called me as a believer, and I know that I've been called to be a disciple maker wherever I go. And some people may make their primary um, income, primary paycheck from that occupation. Others may not. Um, some may for a while and then transition out of that and to another primary job, but still be disciple makers. So that role as disciple maker transcends, you know, what you're maybe making your main income from. And then the third thing, um, third passage I would go to is Ephesians chapter four, where it, it um, Paul talks about how um, there are several classifications of people that have been given to the church for the church's equipping. So these are gifts to the church. And um, this is Ephesians 4.11. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and that's where we get pastor, uh, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So this goes back to what you were saying earlier about your gifting. I feel like whereas the concept of calling into ministry can be a little bit nebulous and hard to understand, I think you, there are cer certain people you can look at and say they've definitely been gifted for ministry. And maybe the primary question instead of am I called should be have I been gifted to do this? Right. Yeah. And so that's a process I think that can uh, involve many different people, not only yourself, but people around you observing you to see, yeah, has God actually gifted you this way? And then maybe that's where the, the executive pastor that I started this illustration with started out where he sits these people down is really saying, you know, I'm not sure this is your gift. Right. No, this isn't, this, you don't have the temperament for it, which is just true for some people. Yeah. You know? And that's fine. Yeah. Because other, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think what something uh, systematic look at the Bible, what that tells us is that even if that's not this person's gifting, they've still been called. Right. And they've still been called to be um, a disciple maker. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if I <laughs> were having a conversation with that person, maybe that's where I would try to go. Right. Um, what do you think? Um, we'll just kind of put a bow on this, Tyler, as you're thinking about youth ministry and um, thinking about a church context. What, what do you think is the role of the church in helping people discern um, their gifting or their calling? <clears throat> the role like the role of the local church yeah the role of the local church as you think about your own ministry and working with students and maybe some of them are 
thinking about maybe going into ministry, um, how do you, what's your role in coming alongside them and helping them sort those things out? Oh, I don't know if I've ever thought about that. I like, I don't know if I've thought about, cause I mean, th there's obviously like thing you can give everybody a spiritual gifts inventory, you know, like that would be yeah. a, a helpful way. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think a lot of it is just like, for me, at least in youth ministry, like I work with these kids for six years, seven years, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I get to know them. Like I see, I see the ways that God has gifted them. So I think a lot of it is just re like relational ministry, like knowing them, talking to them. Mm -hmm. And if they start talking about like, Hey, I'm interested in this. Like, I want to do this. Like mm -hmm. if I've known them for four or five years, I probably know at least some of their strengths and weaknesses. You know, a lot of the kids who, a lot of the kids who I would envision potentially winding up in ministry are those that are doing types of ministry right now. So they're trying it out for themselves too. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I see my role in prepping them as, uh, knowing them and caring for them. And then out of that, like speaking based on what I see and know about them. Yeah. 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 I think that's great. And I think that speaks to a place where every church can probably improve. We're, we get, we're really good at, um, evaluating other people's gifts <laughs> and maybe, uh, evaluating other people's weaknesses and being critics and uh do we ever get to the point of affirming other people's gifts you know so just a closing question for all of us to think about i guess is when is the last time you affirmed the gift you see in another person you know instead of being jealous of that gift or you know wishing you had the gift or kind of identifying their weaknesses and telling right. them how they're not living up to expectations well um, speaking as in a pastoral role like hearing the affirmation means a lot. Like, I'm not yeah. even really like, I'm like, you know, love language tests, or whatever. I'm not even really a words guy, but it does mean a lot. Like I had a graduating senior that gave me a real nice card and it really meant a lot. You know, you just yeah. like, dang, this is, it's, it's, that almost is like a mini confirmation that you're in the right <laughs> spot, you know? <laughs> Like I'm doing uh, something right. That's great. Hey, we hit, we hit the 30 minute mark. Oh, it's time to go. Um, what are we talking about next week? I don't know, but Tyler, something Tyler's got to go eat some Reese's peanut butter cups and I need to go carefully eat some pixie sticks we will have a a surprise like there'll just be something different happening next week and i'll just leave it at that yeah and then uh you'll see next week so right. have a good one guys